Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is the Michigan edition. Illinois had a fantastic win tonight, 15-point margin over the Michigan Wolverines. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and I'm here with Illini guy Brad Sturdy. We've uh, just kind of finished all the stuff at the game, and now we're talking afterwards on Brad's drive home to see uh, what his thoughts on the game were. Brad, this was a, a game that was not artistically pleasing, but a 15-point victory over a team that was a preseason top five team. I don't think that's something I'm going to be disappointed over. What do you think? Exactly. I mean, a win in the Big Ten is always a win, especially a win by 15 in the Big Ten. I, this was more like uh, – this This win was more like Sparta than Athens, if we're going in Greek – back in the Greek days. Yep. This was uh, this was rough. It was rock – as Underwood called it, a rock fight. I mean, you know, it was uh, – and they got it done, though. At the end of the day, you know, they're not going to say, well, you know, you only won this – this game was ugly, so we're not going to give you a, the Big Ten title. No. You win the games, you get the Big Ten title, and that's what Illinois is playing for. Yeah, and I and I thought uh, Illinois looked particularly good on the defensive end, and with the exception of some uh, offensive rebounds by Michigan, this could have been a pretty incredible one-sided victory for the Illini. Yeah, you know, you look at Michigan having all those offensive rebounds, kind of weird shots came off wrong, and Illinois didn't secure the ball a few times. Um, you know, it, there were a couple of plays where they had the ball, just didn't secure it, or uh, and then they get a three. They had 16 second-chance points out of their 53 points. So when you think about that, that's a lot of, um, you know, and Illinois also had some shots that were like, you know, Plummer, Grandison had a couple of balls that went just down and out. I mean, they looked like they were going in and just – you know, didn't get through. And so you throw those things together. And next thing you know, it's like 74 to, you know, 40 something. I mean, it's a complete domination. And that's how close it was to kind of being a runaway at times. And, but, uh, you know, give Michigan credit. They fought, they battled, they kept, they stayed alive. And that's what a team, they're almost like the, uh, they're almost like backed in a corner. You know what I mean? That's, and that's what that team does. They're missing their, their big guys. And, um, so they said, hey, let's just go compete and see what happens. They played like they had nothing to lose and had great energy, and Illinois had to match that in the second half and pull away. Yeah, I found myself a little bit conflicted because I do think a team that can put pressure on our wings with some size is probably probably the closest thing to kryptonite that this Illini team has, aside from, you know, Kofi getting tagged with some, some fouls. Um, and this team was able to put pressure on our guards and our wings and as, and they were fairly effective at it yet somehow, despite their effectiveness on defense and, and doing what they wanted to do to make it hard for Illinois to bring the ball up and get open threes, Illinois still wins by 15. That's yeah. gotta be a tough thing. If you're another coach in this conference. Yeah, the the one thing is Michigan played a different style than they normally play. They usually, um, you know, Hunt, Dickinson's usually down on those ball screens. They were hard hedging them with Diabate at the five, um, or even the the kid who came off the bench, like the walk on. I can't remember his name, but the, so whenever they had those guys, they were they were defending differently than normally. They usually don't apply that kind of pressure. They usually don't try and do those things, but they felt like they had to because if they just let Illinois pass the ball around the perimeter, toss it into Kofi, it was going to be a long night. And yeah. So they, they, you know, there was a good adjustment, but the problem is with Illinois, and if they have Dickinson, they probably don't play the same way. I'll be honest with you. 
because he he isn't a guy you want to put out in that hard hedge ball screen, you know, just like the Illinois doesn't do that with Kofi. But I think once he went out, you know, they're planning for it. Illinois preparing to play against them with Hunter in the game. And then he's not 12 minutes for the game. So you've spent two days on a game prep and scouting and now it's totally, okay, well, everything we were going to do, let's just scrap it and do something different. And, and, and the guys also are looking at going, eh, you know, eh, we, we should be fine. Hunter's not playing. We'll be fine. You know I mean? Just, you don't have the same energy. And I think Kobe had that early on, didn't have the same energy because he was like, Oh, I wanted to play against, you know, they want to have that matchup against a, a, a marquee player. And so there's a lot of psychological things that happen. And there's also game planning things that are different, you know? So I think Illinois had to make those adjustments and it, it turned out to be, uh, you know, it turned out in the second half, they made those adjustments and they look much better. Yeah. And, and for those, those folks who are watching Michigan, you know, um, you look at Diabate and, and Jace Howard. I mean, those are um, two, you know, uh, high potential young players. And I think they're going to go through a little bit of what Frazier and DeMonte had to go through of, of uh, having to learn some tough lessons in defeat that will help them develop as players. I think this will be a pretty good team next year for Michigan. And I still think they probably have an upset or two in their back pocket that they're going to pull sometime later on this season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Eli Brooks is a good player. They're starting to get – I thought Devontae Smith had one of his best games of the year tonight. So, you put those guys together in the backboard, and then you get Dickinson back. If Caleb Houston starts playing like the five-star recruit he's supposed to be and then, you know, making shots, and he's supposed to be a great shooter and he just hasn't shown it yet um, consistently, and then, you know, Diabate, and then you bring in Johns off the bench and some of the other guys, you know, they, they use tonight. They use more guys tonight too because the way they were playing, they had to play a little differently. So – you know, I think Juwan's got a – and then their recruiting class course coming in next year is excellent. So if he, these guys stick around and you throw in those other – these new guys, they'll have a year experience under their belt, and they're going to – and they'll be really good next year. So um, they're – but, you know, they're, they're a team that can beat you because they do have individual talent. Um, and it just turns out Illinois is old. And, and old teams, even when they have bad days, find a way to win. Yep. Well, the other thing is, is Illinois developed – excuse me, developing quite a a big three when you see, you know, Kofi ended up with 21 and 10. Uh, Trent ended up, you know, with 18 points. Um, And then Alfonso Plummer, while still not, you know, quite hit zeroing in on the three-point shots, uh, ended up with 15. So they give you a lot of looks there. And then, of course, you get guys like Jacob Grandison and DeMonte Williams who get the open looks with high pressure and they kill people with them. Um, you know, it, it, that's a, there's a lot of challenges trying to guard this Illinois team. Yeah. And I actually thought, you know, Coleman Hawkins bring, brought a lot off the bench tonight too. just mentioned him out there because he, uh, he attacks the glass, you know, on the offensive end and may, he does a good job. He's able to handle the ball and, and make some, you know, do some positive things there. So, I think that, you know, they've got those six guys and then they get some, you know, another valuable stretch from Omar Payne tonight to add to that mix. And, you know, then, you know, Luke Goody got some tick, you know, Podzemski, Melendez, or sorry, yeah, Podzemski went in the end and showed some toughness. Melendez got in there for a minute or two, trying to see what he could do. I mean, they're they're trying to figure everything out. I think the one thing they lack is someone who can create – against that pressure. I mean, Trent's been great and, you know, but that's not really his strength. He's, he can shoot it. He gets the ball screens. He, 
get to the basket a few times tonight. We saw Plummer put it on the floor, but Curbelo's the guy that could really change that, especially when they go through stretches like this when those teams overplay, because you just can't put that same pressure on him, or he's just going to go right by you. And uh, when that happens, you know, he's so good in ball screen situations. I think that when Curbelo comes back, boy, this seems dangerous. I mean, this seems really dangerous um, because they get better defensively with him as well. Yeah, especially if Curbelo is just content to play within himself. I think that team, this team's going to be amazing. Now, I wanted to ask you one question because were you surprised when we they had uh, uh, Benjamin Bosman's Verdunk, Coleman Hawkins, and Kofi Coburn out there at the same time, just for a very, obviously, very brief point of time? You know, I thought it was interesting. I, the one thing I thought, he, he was making a point that, because Ben, although Benjamin Bosman's Verdunk doesn't have the same talent level as some of the other guys, the one thing he does, he busts his butt. And you saw him go in there immediately, get after it. Um, and he's also a good passer. He can make a post-entry yep. pass. He didn't turn it over. And so those are things that, you know, right now he doesn't really, you know, it's been a, he hasn't really got a lot of playing time of late. But he is a guy who, you know, it's nice to have those guys. You, you throw them out there and you never know. You might get a positive minute or two. He makes a play, makes a, gets a rebound, gets a deflection, a force a turnover, whatever it is. You got guys like him and, you know, Podzemski and Melendez and Goody who can throw out there who aren't, you know, maybe they're not stars, but they can be legit role players right now. And, and that's what um, that's what only needs because they've got their guys. They've got their Plummer and Frazier and Coburn. And then obviously, you know, Grandison, Hawkins and Williams are going to be the top six right now until Corbella comes back. And then they got a top seven. And those other guys just need to be a little bit be that piece, you know, and uh so, yeah, I thought it was weird, though, to have all those big guys. Maybe uh, it's it was almost like Michigan playing their three power forwards that I always joke about. Yeah, I, I, I got to admit it. I did a double take when I'm like, oh, so there's Bosman's Verdonk. So, oh, hey, wait a minute. There's Coleman. Oh, there's there's Kofi. Did and they, I'm like, I had to clean my glasses to make sure I wasn't seeing something it wasn't wrong. It wasn't DeMonte at the point, too? Yeah. Because Trent and two fouls, they took him out? Yep. I, I, that's a short stretch lineup for sure. That's not yeah. a lineup you want to go very many minutes with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was definitely what I would call my most surprising lineup from coach Underwood this year. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we've got a Illinois team um, talk about what they've done in the big 10, because I think a lot of fans worry about how a game looks and feels as opposed to going, Hey, at the end of it, you know, we won by 15 points and a 15 point win in the big 10, anybody will take that any day of the week, but, but what are they doing statistically that maybe fans don't really notice? Well, you, you go back, you know, obviously there's six and this year, you go back to last year, they've now, um, you know, they're on a, they won the one after winning the big 10 tournament, they won what um, I think it's 11 or 12 now overall in the big 10. Is it, yep. or maybe even better? They've uh, 20 of, they're 20 and one. I, I, that's the one, 20 and one in the last 21 games against Big Ten competition. So that's over the course of two years. That's just complete domination. 25 and four over the past two years total. Um, that's, that's crazy. Those are crazy numbers. But I think this year the people don't understand their efficiency margins. Illinois is plus 24 on the efficiency margins. So that's, Points scored, points allowed per 100 possessions. They're plus 24. You think, oh, well, that's good, right? Okay, the next best team in the Big Ten and Big Ten play is Michigan State, who's also undefeated, right? They're yep. plus 12. Wow. Purdue is plus 10. Wisconsin's plus three. 
what that tells you is Illinois is thoroughly dominating. They're not just winning these Big Ten games. They're dominating them. Um, and that's what, you know, there aren't many teams doing that right now. And in the Big Ten, really, it's Illinois. And, you know, so this is um, – it's kind of crazy what they've done. And, you know, they've got a huge test against Purdue on Monday, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, any uh, – before we wrap up here, any uh, thoughts to put in uh, to the fans' mind who are listening to this about – you know, maybe what to look for uh, at Purdue or anything just on top of your top of your head here? Well, the biggest thing I think for Illinois, and they're going to spend the next two days working on transition defense. Um, Purdue likes to run. They're going to push it. Ivy loves to get out and run. Um, I, I think he's one of the few guys who has the athleticism to be make it. I mean, Trent's going to have to really work hard to guard him. Um, so, And I expect them also to go full court and put pressure on Trent all the way, try and wear him down a little bit. I think that's what they're going to try and do. Um, but the one thing I'll say is I, I think that Illinois transition is where they're really effective, Purdue. In the half court, they're going to throw it to Edie. And, you know, he's obviously a big guy. They're going to throw it to Williams to use those bigs. But the good thing is only one of them can play at a time. So you never have more than like two of what I would call their elite stars um, on the floor two of the three on the floor at any time. So Illinois can match up pretty well. Um, it's uh, for me, I think it's going to come down to the other guys. You know, if Grandison Williams um, plumber plumber's hot, I think that, you know, it changes everything. Um, so I, but I, I really think transition defense for Illinois is going to be the key when they miss a shot, they got to get back on D and they can't have those live ball turnovers to let Purdue get out and run. Yep. And then um, maybe I think you also talked about we uh, we kind of wrapped up our post game coverage and uh, we were done at eleven forty five. I think you were going to give a shout out to what oh, we yeah. saw on the basketball court. Yeah, Brandon Podzemski out there uh, shooting for another. Uh, you know, he shot for probably thirty five minutes, um, maybe forty. Um, we were out there for thirty of them. He was out there when we got there, so uh, longer than thirty minutes and. Uh, just two managers and Brandon, just shots, all different shots, catch and shoots, off the dribble, balls, off ball screens, um, pull-ups, floaters, everything, mid-range, just you name it. He was working on it, just getting better. And, boy, that's a, that's special when you see a guy on a Friday night um, doing that. And um, that's, you know, that's what – that's why Brad Underwood's really grown fond of Brandon Podjemski. Yeah, that's, a, that's something that kind of – again, that's the culture that's being built by Coach Underwood, and, and and to be in all fairness, guys like Trent Frazier and guys like uh, DeMonte Williams and, of course, Io, who's now uh, blazing new trails with the Bulls. Um, but those are the standards that these guys are trying to live up to, and they've set a great example um, for what good should look like. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Well, folks, there is your eye on the Illini tonight. I'm going to go real quick and – uh, please ask you to look at uh, subscribing. It's a free seven days uh, trial period. And of course, we just passed our first birthday on January 12th. Uh, we're very proud of what we've accomplished in the first year, but we wouldn't accomplish it without fantastic su subscribers. People who come to our site to see what's going on behind the scenes in recruiting and understand what's going on and maybe how we ended up with uh, this player versus that player. Uh, it's all there when you go back into the message boards and take a look at that. And of course, we have our family of podcasts, which is headed by Sturdy for 30, the most popular podcast we have. 
We also have Eye on the Illini. We have Keds Recruiting Roundup. So there's a, a variety of podcasts that you can listen to to keep up on Illinois and the people they're recruiting. And additionally, the, the final part is we have the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's our weekly two-hour radio show that you can hear on 24 stations across the state. All you need to go is go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, and it will show you the station nearest you and what time we are on. So we would love to have uh, as many listeners as possible. And certainly if you want to subscribe, that's what we would also love. And uh, we are very happy with the community we are building here. Please take a look at joining us. So for Illini guy Brad Sturdy, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley saying we will see you after Purdue. Thank you.